This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm David Marsland, and this is The Leader. It's been a cold winter, harsh for many, including some of our biggest airlines and the people who work for them. EasyJet have made 4,500 redundancies since the start of the pandemic, following an £835 million pre-tax loss. How do you recover from that? Especially when there's no clear sign of when people in the UK will be allowed to take a foreign holiday again. Will the summer be as cold as the winter? Well, EasyJet's CEO, Johan Lundgren, has a plan, but it's going to take a lot of work and a bit of help from the government. He spoke to the Evening Standard's Susanna Butter about how he thinks airlines like his will get off the ground again, the future of electric planes, and has he himself been brave enough to book a summer holiday. This interview is taken from the lockdown sessions, and you can find the extended video version at standard.co.uk or our YouTube channel. After the year we've all had, we, we all need a holiday. How are you feeling today about, about the state of travel? Well, l- listen, I, I think that if you take a step back, we completely understand and, um, and recognize why these measures that have been introduced needs to be there. This is first and foremost a, a health issue. That, that, that's very clear. But what we've been calling out for and what I think is important for myself and the company and the whole of the industry and also very much on, on top of people's mind is that how are these, these measures uh, going to be you know, unwinded? You know, just anecdotally from I'm sure people you know, and now also, you know, Matt Hancock said that, look, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go on holiday here. You know, in the summer, we know that this is one of the things that is on most people's mind of that. The most important thing in here is that we do get a roadmap from the government, hopefully here on the 22nd of, of, uh, of February, on how they're going to unwind these measures that's put in place. And, and if there's a credible plan to do so, when you can do that safely, I'm still very optimistic that, that people can go on holiday for this summer. And have you seen an effect on booking since the latest announcements about the three tests that you need in the quarantine? We do see uh, very much that the travel sentiment and the bookings are reacting on, on daily uh, you know, news flow. So uh, you know, even things like when there is a statement that is you know, prohibiting people from travel or there are introductions of new measures, you know, book has come down. Um, and in the cases where there is a signal that actually there might be a, a summer holiday here coming, coming up in a few months, then we see bookings come up again. 
and and you know we had a situation here in in the in the fall when when the restrictions to the Canary Islands was lifted, bookings went up 900%. Is there a concern that if you have to pay for quarantine, you have to pay for tests? It's just going to be out of reach for many. Yeah, you're absolutely right. One of the issues that I don't think is being paid enough attention to is that, you know, the, the testings are still very expensive. You know, we, we have done uh, some arrangement with, with the companies, so we're offering that for a discounted price, but it's still, you know, 75 pounds. And, and if you add that up for a, for a family, you know, in, in some cases, you can see that this will actually, you know, be a significant part of the investment of going on a holiday. What do you make of vaccine passports? Well, I don't think it should be mandated. I don't see really that this is an efficient way of, of, of uh, you know, introducing this. Uh, but I, I can see if there are cases where, where, for instance, you wouldn't need to uh, test yourself, that perhaps a document to show that you've been vaccinated it could could play a part, but I don't think it should be mandated that only people who had taken the vaccine and, and can show a proof of that can travel. It really comes back, doesn't it, to the person, you know, if if they have the virus or not. So I don't think that, you know, a mandated vac- vaccine's passport is the solution at all. So when do you think we'll be back to normal, if, if ever? Well, normal. Uh, you say if ever we will get back, to, we will get back to uh, you know a, a a new normality, if not for anything else. Look, we we've been saying that that we believe it's going to take until 2023 before we are back to the levels of 2019 in terms of demand and, and capacity. But but it's very clear, you know, the 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 success of the rollout of the vaccination is, is absolutely key here. And if we can see that this continues on the good track and good journey that, that it's been on, and we can see that also replicated then across Europe, I think we might get a, a positive surprise in here. Because once again, it, it, it is so much on people's mind now that they want to go away, go away on, on a holiday. Have you booked a holiday yet? I have booked a holiday. Yes, I have booked a holiday. <laughs> So uh, I booked a holiday. Now I I have booked a holiday previously as well, and then I had to move it, you know, because of of the restrictions. But uh, yeah, the the plan is to go to uh, to Mallorca in July. On EasyJet. On EasyJet, you bet. What do you miss the most about flying? So I miss the people. EasyJet is very much, uh, you know, have a feeling of a it's a it's a family atmosphere in there, you know, and to go on board a plane and have a opportunity to to chat and speak to our crew and. And, you know, you sit there and, and I love to watch, you know, customers and I, you know, love to watch, you know, what they, how they behave on board in terms of what are they ordering for food and drinks and, and how they engage with each other. You know, I, I, I miss that. How do we, as, as the climate gets increasingly challenged, I mean, the, the UK airline industry has lost around £7 billion since March last year. How do we ensure that we keep that commitment to, to green travel? One of the things that will be different, you talked, you said, you know, when are we going to come back to what it used to be? Well, there's one thing that will be different going forward, and that is, will, that, is that it will be a much more focus on sustainability. And customers will care much more about the choices they make and the, and the product and the services they, they buy from companies in order to what impact does that have on the environment? Um, and and um, we believe that that is part of how we're operating. The carbon offsetting scheme is really also a bridge before you get on to the real groundbreaking technologies. And it's so exciting to still see, you know, in 2020, which was a, this, this awful year for, for aviation, 
but there was still a lot of progress within the areas of hydrogen technology, as an example, on uh, electric flying, uh, uh, that, that we also have a partnership with, with a company in the US who's looking now to build 180 seater here by 2030. Mm -hmm. Airbus has now plans for a hydrogen uh, aircraft uh, of similar size in 2035. And, and, and it's really, you know, the, the, it's been an acceleration in technology breakthroughs in, in this area. And that will continue. And, you know, to, to you go back three years, you know, when we talked about the fact that, you know, that we believe that there will be a future here where we can be able to fly, you know, a hybrid or electric aircraft, there was, a, you know, a lot of skepticism of people saying, well, that won't work, you know, from a technical point of view. Well, today there are electric aircraft flying, much smaller, of course, but nobody's questioning whether this is possible or not. It's all about matter, about the time, and what will the business model look like when you do that? Because there will need to be some changes in, in terms of the infrastructure, um, but it's very, very exciting. So at the moment, how, how far can a hybrid or electric plane go without needing a charge? I'm just thinking of electric cars in the UK and the frustration when you haven't charged them. <laughs> Yes, so those electric aircraft that are flying today are very small. I mean, mm -hmm. they, are, they are basically four to, to six seater aircraft and, and they could fly you know, distances of 30 to 40, 40 minutes. Um, but if you're looking, what, what we are planning for and what our partner is looking to have is basically to be able to fly 2,000 kilometers, which would cover about 80% you know, of the network in, in, in Europe. Um, and, and to do that with that technology means that that you, you're simply gonna be able to operate on a you know, zero emissions basis. This is one of, the, one of the great things about this. This is actually zero emission. I know there's a lot of talk about sustainable aviation fuels and we're not against that at all, but you know, still it needs worth rem remembering that you know, the, the, it has similar characteristics when in use to, to kerosene and to fossil fuel. Uh, of course, when you grow the crops and, and, and the plants, then it works as a carbon sink. So it becomes like an offsetting in itself. But, but I think the hydrogen proposal um, and, and then also electric, if it's a, you know, a, a, a sustainable fuel source, it, it, it's uh, more exciting, actually. What's kept you going throughout this year? What kept me going throughout this year? Um, it's a big challenge. And... Uh, you know, you, you set out that you want to, you know, make it through. You want to get through this. I feel responsibility for, you know, people in the organization, our customers, shareholders, and, and all the stakeholders in here. But I also know, and I've been in this industry for so long time now, that, you know, that, that there will be a huge boom when, when things comes back again. But I want to make sure that we come through this and we set ourselves up also to lead as we go through the recovery. Um, and, to, and to some extent, and, and I know this sounds perhaps strange, uh, you know, this is uh, extraordinarily interesting. It's, 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 uh, it's very difficult and many challenges and, and certainly, you know, experiences that you would like to have been without. But sometimes you don't get to choose, you know, the cards you've been dealt with. And, and then you can turn it around and say, well, let's, let's make the best out of this. Let's learn. And, and, and it gives me and, and other people also tremendous experiences that other people wouldn't be close to. Um, so you, you got to take a look at also some of the positives around this. But, uh, you know, I love this company. I love the airline. And I, I know that this airline means so much for millions of people. EasyJet is an integral part in how people have lived their lives. And it feels very, you know, it's a privileged thing to be part of something that is so meaningful for so many.
Johan Lundgren was speaking to the Evening Standard, Susanna Butter. And that's The Leader. Hit subscribe so you don't miss our news, interviews, analysis and features every day at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.